Look at that. There it is. It's all over. Port Adelaide. They had the power to win. And it was very much history in the making today. Creedcast episode coming out this morning uh, as we gear up for round one of the AFL season. We're just a day away from the start of this season proper um, Thursday night and then um, just a few days away from Port Adelaide's first match of the season, which is what we all care about, um, on Sunday at lunchtime. Um, so really excited for that one. We'll be bringing a couple more episodes to you this week. Uh, I'm going to chat about um, the 2021 season as a whole as a, as a preview um, of my thoughts. Um, it's just my thoughts. And uh, and uh, talk about and, and then a little bit of a preview of the North Melbourne match itself as well. And then there's a few other things on the horizon. I've just got podcasts that will just keep dropping when whenever I feel the need. Um, but today, doing a little bit of a, just a 20, uh, just an off-season review uh, more than anything, um, just chatting about where um, both the acquisitions, just a few quiet names there, uh, brought in over the off-season. Um, some nice, uh, both in free agency as well as the draft. Um, and then um, more the strategic vision, as well as the strategic vision that um, Port Adelaide kind of put out as a vision for the next few years, which was really um, awesome to see the club um, with the chasing greatness stuff, like actually putting, they've got a real controlled um and, and um, ambitious strategy um, to build the club up both on the field and off the field. And it's really important that we um, appreciate that and what they're trying to do there. Um, it's ambitious and some people, that, I'm sure some people outside of the club are, um, probably think it's um, silly, but this is what clubs that have expectations for greatness should put that on themselves. Um, so yeah, I want to talk about that as well. And I'll probably talk about that first and then get into the off-season acquisitions. But yeah, let's get into it. Uh, CEO Matthew Richardson um, kind of brought the house down a little bit with the strategic vision um, of chasing greatness that was announced a, a few weeks back um, as we we're kind of um, gearing up for um, you know what what our expectations are for the next few seasons um, with a, a vision that um, kind of remini- uh, resembles. Um, some of the other visions that some other clubs have put out in the past few years. And it's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, Brendan Gale's uh, incoming statements about where he sees Richmond and how, how laughable that seemed at the time. But now that everyone's realised that after their 2020 premiership, um, they've kind of realised a lot of the a lot of what, you know, Brendan Gale's lofty expectations were. And it's not to say that just saying it makes it work, but um, putting out that expectation, it, it, there are things that... Um, when you come in with an attitude of, oh, we'll just try and see what we can do um, rather than expectation, that's sometimes where you can, the little um, complacencies can creep in. Um, and maybe, you know, I'm not saying, well, the club, Port Adelaide, um, since we, um, you know, re- reformed the One Club after the One Club initiative back um, at the start of the decade and kind of um, restructured and got ourselves out of that situation, we found ourselves between, uh, you know, 2010, 2012, where in those real uh, kind of dark days um, where everything seemed kind of rudderless, um, a lot of things have changed and cultures the culture has been growing towards where we are now, which is a really strong 
place to be with um you know getting out of getting out of West Lakes and getting Adelaide Oval and feeling like we've actually got a place and then you know the Alberton um, and then the club just in membership um, CEO from the top um, everything seems to have, like just over the last eight years has really moved forward to being more of what the Port Adelaide culture that's expected whilst still progressing towards um, you know a 21st century um, business model in as far as a, an, well, the way an AFL club needs to operate in order to survive and thrive in the AFL environment so but within that we want to still have kind of a Port Adelaide expectation on ourselves you know we've got an expectation on ourselves as a club on the field but I also think that what um, the strategic vision and chasing greatness does is place an incredible amount of importance on what the supporter can do um, as as far as you know rounding out the culture and 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 kind of the feel around the club and that's why the strategic vision is so important like i'm um, just reading it out now basically the the tenets of it are is that we want to be winning three premierships in the next five years which is um an incredible you know some could look at it as an incredible burden to put in yourself that expectation but it is an expect that's what we expect and then we go for it and then look um there's no reason this team can't win three premierships in five years if we win one if we win two that won't be a failure based on the what richardson is expecting he's just putting that expectation on us to chase that and see and you know and that should be where we're hoping to get if we can you know if you keep your side fit if everything goes right then three premierships in five years isn't out of the question now the thing that he does mention in the um the press conference there's about a 10 minute video it's on the port Adelaide website if you want to like kind of watch the announcement of the chasing greatness um like an announcement but um what he does mention is um in that i'll, I'll read through the rest of the tenant the kind of main points of it it's winning three premierships in five years a hundred thousand members but i think i think it's also he just wants to see us get to 40 premierships in his time um, so, but five years is a great kind of an mark to put it at because particularly with the side we've got, that, that's the window we're in is, um, you know, for the next five years with the side we've got, you know, there's going to be some changeover, but, um, with the young talent coming through some of that mid range guys that are coming into their prime now, and then you've got the, the veterans like Boke and Gray and them who probably aren't going to see it. They're not going to see it five years, but they're, they're going to be here for the first, first and hopefully second premiership, maybe who knows? Um, <laughs> it would be cool if they're here for the three, um, so they've got the winning three premierships in five years. You've got a hundred thousand members now. Again, huge lofty expectation. But you look at clubs like Richmond and West Coast and that. that look, they're they're the clubs that have had strong membership bases over the years anyway. But we're kind of in that position where um, we do we you know, we got to fifty thousand a few. And we've been getting to fifty thousand. I think we're at about forty three thousand this year. And I think there's probably some a little bit of um, tentative nature about some of the people that have been signing up um, regarding getting into the ground um, as well as possibly financial issues after like look the last year has been hell on all of us and i'm never gonna um look if someone's just doesn't know if they can afford a membership then that's obvious obviously um incredibly and you know if you want a membership but you can't afford it because of you know situations out of your control that doesn't make you any less of a fan or anything like that um but i, I implore everyone that can be a member and has the financial means to do so um, at whatever level, even if you're a non-game going member, it can just put a little bit to the club. Those membership numbers are important as well as the, just the money that comes from any form of membership. Um, very good friend of the show, friend of friend of mine, um, great mate, um, Vince over in uh, the US um, signed up uh, recently. I've, I've <laughs> dragged him 
dragged him on board the port train probably eight or nine years ago now when I was living in Oregon and going to college over there and I think dragged him and a few others to a bar to watch a game and I think it was Port versus Geelong we got probably got smoked by 50 points it was in those dark days I was just mentioning before but he's been on board ever since basically because um it, it, it almost became a thing that if he was going to be friends with me he was going to be a Port fan so um then he got to a game a couple of years ago when him and his wife um came over and visited us here and um he's been He's very, very passionate about it and, um, yeah, had a lot of late nights last year staying up and watching. So he's become an international member, which is really cool. I think that gives him access to the Watch AFL over there and everything and he can he can keep an eye on games um, in, in his membership. And then he's, he's a member. He's a financial member of the club and that's really cool. So if you do have the means, no matter where you are in the world, really cool thing to be a part of that because that is part of our Chasing Greatness. We've got 100,000 members. And with the culture this club has, the history this club has... Um, it is our role as fans. This is part part of what I love about what Matthew Richardson's thing, that the, the kind of mission statement they've got is that um, the framework of it is the mission. We exist to win premierships. Um, how do we get there? It's the people. It's the uh, great people in the right roles, which is within the club, but then the culture after that is that's where we come in as fans. Um, we have to be a part of that. We have to constantly extol the virtues of why Port Adelaide Football Club is better than the rest. And that's not just on field. You know, we're not going to be better than the rest every year on field. As much as, as great as that would be and um, as close to... <laughs> and there are some some years in the S, some periods of years in the SNFL where it really was like that. We were just better than every year, no matter what. Um, but um, we, even the years that we're not the greatest on field, let's be the best on off field, and that's where the base of the next premierships will come from is the fact that if we have a strong supporter base every year, membership base... That's where that uh, greatness on the field will come from because you don't won't ha- all the other stuff takes care of itself if you've got a strong culture and base off field membership base strong every year um, culture and 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 the club being everything happening within the club good good people in the right roles as the strategic vision says if all those things happen then the premierships will happen and that's why it's really important as fans kind of see see your role I know it's it sounds like I'm not, I don't work for the club or anything. I've got no connection as far as within me. No, no one in the club knows. I'm just saying this is my fan, how I understand um, the future of our club and the future of being a strong club in the AFL is that you, we have to keep putting that forward every year. And, and look, you can you, you, know, you can vote with your wallet whatever, however you want, but um, I think that your role as a fan, if you're happy to be a paid-up member of the club, is just to keep that going every year and... and build that strong base in the small way that each of us can because each of us with our own membership, you know, just one person, but when that number creep gets to 100,000, as we've seen with the clubs like West Coast and Richmond and those other clubs that have the 70, 80, 90,000 strong members, um, is that no matter what, you know, you look at clubs like Carlton, being pretty shit for a long time, um, but because they have the strong membership membership bases um, coming through, um, I'm hoping I'm remembering Colton's number correctly. I could have a terrible one and I'm just remembering the wrong club in my head. But, um, you know, clubs like Colton are still kind of just out of... They, they've got a strong base. So it doesn't mean they've had a lot of bad decision-making within the club, but because of that, they can get by with that and, and, and keep moving forward. So... Um, I think it's important that we kind of recognise our role as like if we can um, have a strong membership base and then the, the, we've got the right people in the club at the moment, all these things will come together and and bring us to a footing where we can get to the, get to that press that 
that top of the mountain that we want. And we're very close right now. We've got a good, strong... The membership base is strong. The fans last year were incredible that could get into the games and now we're going to have even more again. And the side is looking incredible too. So um, that that's just a wonderful thing about where we're at at the moment. And I think that's why the strategic vision right now is so good is because we've gotten to this point where actually things are really good for us um, compa- comparatively to a few years back. Um, but now they've, the strategic vision is like, now we're here, let's go to somewhere we've never been before and really hammer this home. And with a strong, strong, and this club with its history and culture and everything like that is um, in a place that it, it's just like there's no other club like ours that can present what we have to the fan as an experience because we've got so much behind us already. Um, so it shouldn't, it, it's somewhere that some 100,000 members should be gettable if we market and do the right things and that's where fans come in is like you can you know grab your friend from the u.s like vince and say hey this is club that i support back home um get on board (laughs) and um that's the kind of stuff that you can do as a fan is that you bring you guys in and i'm always doing that with my travels a little bit i'm trying to trying to nab fans anywhere i can so um and yeah like but with the the vision of the three premierships in five years um you know richardson did um, mentioned the creed, um, our namesake, in his press conference and kind of said that, you know, after striving to our utmost, after giving everything, still not be successful, our efforts will further become a part of our club's enviable tradition because we can see that there can be honour and defeat, but to each of us, honourable defeat of our club and Guernsey can only come after a human endeavour on the playing field is completely exhausted. So... He was mentioning this in 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 the um in his announcement of the strategic vision and and it was kind of said in a way that was like as long as we're doing all we can at every possible way and we still don't quite reach that precipice then that's what it'll be that year um, but if we're going in with that base of every effort on the field off the field and everything we can do as fans as um you know employees of the club the players on the field the coaches if every every part of that you know, engine is humming to that point and we still just don't quite get across the line, then there won't be too far to go the next year. It'll be fine. It's just that's where, that's the expectation for greatness is that every every cog in that engine is humming like that and that's that's including us as supporters um, is my my belief. Um, and then, you know, the commercial growth, um, which will come with 100,000 members, um, debt-free is a big one and that's a really lofty, um, great target because we've never been debt-free. Um, and, you know, not operating debt is something that you know, a lot of clubs deal with. Um, but part of that strategic vision being being debt-free is a really, really strong statement from the club of where they want to see themselves. And, and, and the fact that they can realistically see that if they if all these things go right is um, a really great indication of the fact that we've gone, um, you know, 24 years in the AFL now and, um, and they're looking now at the next kind of half, Quarter, half a half a century as as you know that we've now got a start in the AFL we're a decade and a half two two and a half decades in now let's become even you know let let's take over um as as the premier club in south australia which you know as fans we all know we are but um i think this is a really strong bold statement going forward that we actually they want to get to where um, Adelaide have been um, as far as their their financial stability off the field um, and you know Adelaide have had have had every he- like 
panned out possible in that sense is the fact that they got handed handed a license and 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 a supporter base that basically assent, essentially was anyone that didn't like Port Adelaide. So um, the fact that now Port Adelaide saying no, we can get there too because of our culture and supporter base is really a really cool and strong statement and something we should as fans should be proud of. And um, yeah, the redevelopment of the Albert and Oval precinct that's going ahead um, already in in motion right now they're um, working on the stage one which is the port store and the um, downstairs museum stuff which would be really really cool um, as someone who's visited a few sports team museums around the world um, just um, Liverpool um, PSV Eindhoven um, been uh, no PSV, yeah, PSV Eindhoven Liverpool um, uh, New England Patriots uh, there's a few um, there's just it's really cool when you have a nice interactive interactive museums with trophies, and 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 a walk through your history is um, wonderful. And I think that's really cool that the club is kind of moving towards that um, as a way of um, showcasing our history. And there's a lot of it, which is really cool. Um, there's, there's a lot of it that a lot of other clubs will never <laughs> won't have. So we're we're in a unique position as a as a um, as a club that's been around since 1870 with such a rich history to be able to present that as an um, as something that we can give to our supporters um, and and anyone that comes through you know maybe there maybe there'll be um, support people that are just coming through and uh, we'll see it and be impressed by it and um, that's going to be another way of engaging and bringing on more members and and supporters as well is by having these kind of experiences a great store to go to and a great museum and interactive and all that stuff will be really important. Um, as going forward in realizing a strategic vision, and then um, the next stage, which is still um, they're still um, trying to seek the final financing for, but that'll be the re reimagining of the Bob McLe- Bob McLean Sports Bar at the Port Club there, and the on the second level there where it'll be relocated, um, and the, they release some really cool um, renderings of what that'll look like yesterday, um, which is just big you know big s- screen TV on a wall, but then you know to the Left of that is just a beautiful panoramic view of Albert and Oval and then the, the city and everything beyond and kind of being able to see our entire domain that is ours in Port Adelaide conquering the entire city of Adelaide. But they're right there from Albert and we can see everything that is ours and in our control. But we're still in a spiritual and um, and a true home of Albert and Oval. So that's a, re- a really cool kind of um, little thing that they're doing there with how they're, how they're redeveloping the club. And then there's going to be redevelopment of the of the entire training facilities and um, I think addition of a foot, foot, uh, soccer oval um, soccer oval soccer field um, and in in preparation for um, being able to have AFL, AFLW at at the um, at Alberton in from 2023 as well so a lot of great things um, coming and it's a really kind of important and I think it's the, the timing of it is very important too is the fact that he's announced this um, he's in the he's, it's his first year full year in the job um, after the great years that we had under Keith Thomas and Keith Thomas kind of his last year coming in was he was able to announce the 150th year and enjoy that um, we obviously with COVID it didn't go the way exactly it was expected as a full celebration and there was a lot of things that got moved around and you know this is what Adelaide only being able to see that in February and and the archives collection being delayed all those things were um annoying for the club but they still got through and had a really wonderful 150th year celebration in the way that you know, Port Adelaide do, we just roll with the punches and COVID was one of those, one of the big punches and we, we, we rolled with it and um, both our football side and the field made us proud with how they rolled with it and then off the field we rolled with it as well and and made it happen. But um, Matthew Richardson coming in um, in our 151st year um, and, you know, engaging in the next 
next era of Port Adelaide. You know, we've celebrated our 150th year and kind of looked back and really enjoyed what we've been. And now he's looking forward to what we can become. And um, this strategic vision is a really powerful kind of opening statement of his his era. And look, it remains to be seen how it goes. And look, we can't, you know, if we only win two and five, you know, um, one and five should be the bare minimum, but two and five, three and five, four and five, five and five, whatever it be, um, this is an important way to come in and, uh, and announce just where you want to see the club. Because if that's if this is what he's going to constantly be striving for, is this kind of expect- level of expectation, that's going to be an exciting thing for the club. Um, you know, if it gets 90,000 members in a couple of years, you know, that that's kind of, and it's just getting there. That's the, that's the thing is we will, we will get there if we have the right um, attitude towards all these, all these facets of how we've got to work towards these things. Um, you know, 100,000 members isn't out of the question. Three premierships in five years isn't out of the question. Maybe, maybe that only starts in two years and then we have a five-year period where that happens. Um, very much I expect it to happen this year. That's what I'm I'm a fan, um, so I'm going to expect a premiership every year, but even particularly this year, we're, we, we look really good. So it'll happen this year. But um, all these things that are coming together with how he's announced his strategic vision is just important as a as a kind of as a base expect uh, base expectation being this. Then you can disguise the, the limit. Um, the universe is the limit. The universe is ours. Um, Port Adelaide is taking over, and it's wonderful. Um, so yeah, that strategic vision um, has been a real short what 18 minutes. I've talked about it. Um, I have kind of. It's a lot better if you go and watch Matthew Richardson's ten minute. He he announces it a lot more eloquently than I have talked about it here. But this is kind of my view on what it means to us and how important it is for us to get around that vision and what we can do as fans and supporters and members of the club um, in that. Because obviously we can't go out and run around on the field as part of the twenty two and and help win the premierships. But we can do what we can to make sure the club is in a stable and incredible position by getting to games and you know, paying up memberships and, and just being doing everything that fans and supporters do to um, realise that level of greatness and, and chasing the greatness that we, we all deserve and expect as Port Adelaide fans. All right, quickly jumping in here before I get onto just a quick little chat about some of the off-season acquisitions, um, to say that you should get around um, our merchandise that we have on that uh, store, the Creed 1870 dot com slash merch um or you just go to create1870.com the link is there in the main window um we've got a few a few stickers a few little pins and badges and then um there's a charlie dixon stubby holder on there that's really been quite popular and um there's a limited amount of them available still a fair few available at the moment so just um you, know, you do have time but um yeah really we're looking to get some new stuff going on in the store there but there's a sale on right now everything i've just put on sale because we want to clear out some stuff as we get some new stuff in um so um yeah get around that um the order on there um 35 or more you get free shipping just uh, there's a code on there free ship 35 i think it is plug that in if you've got if you've hit 35 dollars or more then uh, plug that code in it'll throw the um it'll throw the discount on there for you for the free shipping um but yeah get around that um we really enjoy um kind of being creative and making some making some stuff for you to kind of show your um your port fandom and particularly as i was just talking about the um chasing greatness stuff and what we can do as fans like just having port adelaide gear everywhere is important you know having should be able to show it in any way possible stickers you stubby older you're using as you're walking down the street with a can of coke or um or whatever you know or if you I, I went to the pub i go to the pub and just throw the charlie ducks and stubby holder on the on the front bar and, and have my beer with that around that um that kind of stuff i think is really important just to keep keep you kind of port adelaide pride going so yeah get on the store if there's anything interesting to you there get on it now as um the pricing's um yeah there's a lot of everything's on sale so 
get around it. And um, yeah, there's a new stuff coming soon. Alrighty, I've made myself another coffee after talking about chasing greatness and just getting so excited about that. And um, But it's nice, a nice uh, little Wednesday morning here. I just needed another little coffee to get me through the next part before I head off to work. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm recording in the early a.m. Um, before I head off to work for the day, in the day job. Um, but yeah, um, we're really excited to talk about the off-season acquisitions. Um, a little quiet off-season for Port, hey? Um, it was quite... <laughs> I'm not sure. Look, going into... We'll talk about trades first because I think the draft went more or less as expected, um, which was still exciting to finally um, get the, <laughs> the, big, the big mountain of man, Lockie Jones, finally in officially in the Port, port jersey. But um, just... Before we do that, we'll talk about the, the trade period is probably the more intriguing one as far as the two names that we did end up getting were um, huge acquisitions um, in moving forward and I think really important acquisitions for the club um, as far as our on-field ambitions go and um, really well done in the end as far as how we got around them. So Fantasia first was probably the one that literally kind of came out of was one of those late late bolts of ones that can't kind of suddenly it was available and was like, well, let's go then. Um, but, you know, Fantasia has long been, you know, I think the year before it was like mooted that he could end up back the year and it just didn't happen. But this year again, he indicated his desire to return to South Australia and uh, Port Adelaide was his desired destination, as it should be. Um, why wouldn't it be? Who else would you go to? Don't know. Good move, Orazio. Um but so he's he's indicated his uh, desire to come home and uh, Porter gone okay he wants to come here let's see what we can do but for where we are as a club um, position wise you know if you if you know if you're out of the eight and they're, they're deciding to come back and you've got you're probably going to have a few more players you're willing to deal just with the position you're in as a club but um, where we are six points off of beating the eventual premiers in a prelim final um, th- th- there's not too much you want to tinker with. Um, with the starting 22 and even those those periphery guys, you know, there's a lot of depth at Port at the moment. We don't, you know, we're not wanting to gamble our future on getting a guy like Horatio in um, as as important as I think he will be um, and as excited as I am for him. Um, you know, the injury troubles of the past few years were a little bit concerning, but, you know, he's, he's indicated that, you know, his entire well-being, both mental and physically, physical, um, he feels better being back in South Australia, so that's wonderful too. But, um we didn't want to gamble the future um, and too much of it on getting a ratio in. So it's really important. Like, and the way the the way it started, and this is this is my issue with the trade period as a as a kind of um, I guess a spectacle as it is because it became something that like you know the start of the trade period and Essendon go okay you want a ratio we want I think I can't remember if it was Zach Butters or um. Zach Butters or Xavier Dersma's name came out. It might have been Dersma. I'm trying to think now. Um, I can't recall and I can't be bothered um, Googling just to see which of the ridiculous names because I know it was one of those two. Um, they were asking for those names at the start. I'm like, this is why the trade period does my head and the fact that I went two weeks for it when it's just going to extend it to two weeks instead of one week of a team being the, other, the team that's got a player being ridiculous in their demands and then eventually having to actually get with the reality program and 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 do a, uh, a deal based somewhere grounded within this universe instead of off wherever the bombers were and asking for those i don't know like is that just 
it, it, it and look, the AFL is entertainment as well now, being a a twenty first century uh, major sporting league. Um, they are there is a certain quality of entertainment to it that comes with the the media cycles and stuff like that. But it's just ridiculous that we had to go through pretty much two weeks of um, the bombers being like, nah, not enough, not enough, not enough. And then we get to a deal where its port gets. Fantasia and a seventy pick number seventy three, while the Bombers get a second round selection and a future third round. Good deal. Why couldn't we do that at the start? Like, why are you asking for a, a Dersma or a Butters or you know, not, that's not going to happen? Um, I would have walked out of myself and and staged a protest outside if one of those names had been immediately sent away to get Fantasia because that would have been a major major blight on on who who was in control at Port Adelaide but of course that wasn't going to happen so why are we doing that I don't get it um you know I love look I love the the drama of sports and I uh, follow a lot of sports league around the world and I get it I get the entertainment of that, but a lot of other ones are like they, they, there's a little bit more grounding in reality um when it comes to who you're looking for um in trade deals that like that's the kind of deal that like when I'm on 2k and I'm trying to trade for like you know, when, whatever team I'm on, I'm trying to trade for Damian Lilly because I love the guy. Um, and I, I, I get a response back from the other GM because I'm trying to trade, like, fucking, I don't know, like, Drew Holiday for Damian Lilly and the other GM, like, laughs, laughs at me and says, what what, country, what, what, what land are you living in in your head? It's not going to happen. I'm not going to talk to you again. It's that bad of a deal. That's the kind of deals that the Essendon are asking for with Fantasia ridiculous um so that's how it started but how it ended was that Horacio Fantasia is now wearing the number 13 Guernsey for Port Adelaide with that lovely 1870 on the back of his neck or at the base uh, where is that ending up I don't know at the moment anyway somewhere on the jersey um he's in a Port Adelaide Guernsey that's the main thing um and a really really great team friendly deal in the end so what I'm excited for with Horacio um this is the kind of we do have players like Orazio, Fantasia. Um, you know, he's a unique player, and um, really, and I don't want to besmirch him by saying we have players like him. He's there's no, he's kind of one of those players in the ilk of. What I'm saying is, he's in the ilk of your Robbie Grays and your your um, Zach Butters. In there, they're they're elite kind of instinctive skills. He's a he's a player with a knack for the goals. He knows where they are. If you watch a highlights package, um, you know, there's there's all goals from all you know directly in front on the run from fifty. Where, or on the boundary where he's kind of just turning on his body and just uh, turning and kick and and he's just got that natural instinct and knack for the goal as well as the flair to be able to take because there's a lot of players that in those moments when they're on the you know when they're tight on the boundary you know five meters away from the point post essentially and they wrap around their body their immediate instinct is to look for the handball off or um because they're, they're not instinctive goal sneaks like that that kind of player and look there's there's instances where if the player is there and maybe it's just a quickness of mind and thought and feet and and hands to be able to make a split second decision of whether the, if there's a player there for the handball for a better position or I take the kick. But the fact that there's a lot of highlights of Varazio taking those kind of shots um, is encouraging for a forward line that is that is building in depth. Like we we already had a pretty good forward line last year and I think we were starting to figure out how to how to utilize Charlie Dixon as well as um, have other tools around you know because it was early I think the first half of the season there was a bit of talk it's you know if you knock knock Charlie Dixon out of the contest and then, then Port's forward line suddenly isn't isn't anywhere near as potent whereas like later in the year we're getting you know as Laddams progressed in there as being a, a as a second ruck slash forward option um, you know the forward line was already starting to get some potency to it and Robbie Gray built into the year last year as well and um, 
you know, when you've got players like, and when you add Arazio into that mix, um, as well as the fact that we've got, you know, Dixon uh, for, uh, coming in for another year, hopefully Marshall kind of um, shows us what we all hope he does. Um, and Laddams, if he's if they do go with the, the two-ruck option and have Laddams up forward as well, um, so he's going to have some big tools that will be hoping to bring take some big marks. But then if the ball comes to ground, this is where it will shine with the likes of Arazio in there because his... his ability to pick up the ball or you know, there's some great highlights of him just you know taking it off the ground like soccering it off the ground when when the instinct moves and that's what I like about his um his kind of range of players that he again his his knack for finding the goals in whatever way it is possible in that very moment is um, quite important and it's very much like you know Robbie Gray's had that history of kicking all sorts of goals whether it be a set shot from the boundary or you know a <laughs> palm off from Paddy Ryder and in the dying seconds against St Kilda, or all those you know goals on the run snaps, um, you know Robbie's had a you know we've we've all watched Robbie for the last uh, 13, 14 years. He's got an he's got an incredible Robbie Gray instinct for goal, and I'll call it a Robbie Gray instinct because it's it's very unique to him how he plays. And Horatio's got his his Horatio-ness, um, and that's what I like about a player like him coming in. Is he's a very unique, highly skilled player, um, and he's and he's very much he's. A goal sneak, but he's also um, his forward pressure, which will be really important this year, um, and ha- with how Port plays, and that's what I like about Port's acquisitions is that they're also very, um, they seem like they'll fit well with what we do and how we play football as a team. You know, his individual skill set is what it is, and um, is really important to what what will be important to the club as and the team as how he utilizes that to um, make us better. But then, as a team player, he's he, he's hungry, chases tackles. Um, uh, That'll be important with our forward pressure and and what we're doing um, to keep the ball in there when it comes to ground and when there's when there's battles for the ball in that forward fifty. Um, so that's going to be really important too. And his his addition to the squad, um, you know, with the minimal, you know, we didn't have to outlay anything apart from you know the draft pick swaps there. And you know, if you get to get you know, when you look at it as far as you know, we got, they got this year's um, future third round, which you know, sometimes they you know passed on and. Um, and then this year's 29th pick, um, or last year's now, um, you know, we would have taken a right to with the 29th pick if we could. So you, you look at it as a, as a, as a, you know, it's a, you know, net even. Um, so I don't, that is a really team friendly deal. And that's what is um, wonderful about that one. Um, so I'm really excited to see how he looks. And I know there was a lot of um, like, do we, is he worth the, is he worth what we might have to give up? stuff and I think that was a lot of that was the fear that we'd have to give up a player but that's the thing with um, trades um, often most of well, most of the time when a player indicates I want to leave the posi- the position of the um, club that has that player at the time so Essendon last year is immediately weakened um, significantly so when he wants to go you know the club off uh, unfortunately and that's what happens when it's a when you have the player power versus team battle thing but you know, when teams want to get rid of a player, they'll trade them um, without notice as well. So it's it's a it's just a something you have to deal with in the professional sporting world. But um, yeah, in hindsight, it's it's going to be turned out to a wonderful deal for Port because we didn't have to give anything significant up, and we've gotten a player in of of unique and highly skilled talent. Um, that'll be that is right there. You know, he's got four, five years under his belt, and a couple of injury years. Hoping that comes good this year with us, but you know he's he's what twenty five I think. Um, he's right there, ready to hit his prime in the next five to six years, 
and um, and he's going to be hitting it when we're hitting our prime too. So it's just the timing of it couldn't be more perfect for a player like Orazio Fantasia. So I'm bloody excited to see what he does in the port colours. And that number 13, Guernsey, quietly my favourite number as well. So that might end up on Guernsey of mine very soon. Alrighty, the second big trade. Um, Alir Alir was such a... I was really excited when this one started coming about. Um, I can't remember like how how long this was talked about, but I think it kind of came up near the trade period that Alir was looking to move on um and i don't know if i don't know the exact i i wonder if it, i don't think sydney tried hard enough to probably keep him there um whether there was just a mutual thing that maybe it's just time to whereas whereas sydney's where sydney is in a rebuild for their, their next generation and they just thought Aaliyah was you know being a 26 year old he probably was going to be not be there in that prime period of where they're looking to rebuild for their next premiership tilts i don't know but it seemed weird that a player of his ilk and his his age at 26 is still got a fair few years left in the tank. Um, and his skill set, it seemed odd. But hey, look, if he's, um, if they were at that impasse, that's fine. And it's worked for us. Um, but it was really excited to see when he did when his name popped up. I was like, we need to be in that discussion straight away. Look, our defense last year was good. Um, but there was the issues at times with... Um, the tools, um, you know, their height in defense, and just, and, but we did work around it pretty well. Like I loved what we did in the Geelong preliminary final, um, with how we kind of used our athleticism in the defense to to nullify some of the Geelong threats that that, that did actually tear us apart in that earlier um, game of the season where um, Geelong gave us a real hiding, and we learned from that and used said, okay, what we, what can we do to nullify that? And it was a lot of the the any the um you know pushing using our athleticism in the defense with our, our players to push you know Hawkins out wide and all those kind of things um, and I was really impressed with what Trent McKenzie did in that game and if you and, and the rest of the team um, but it's still there was still a need for maybe just adding an extra extra bot and some someone of a unique skill set like Aaliyah was it they don't come up um, very often as far as just being able to trade for a, a future second um, fucking bargain that one um so his height um is one thing um his his marking ability um his his ability just in the in the air but at the ground he's actually he's, he's incredibly athletic and he's got some speed and he, the way he takes the game on when he can, when he takes a mark if he sees the opportunity to go forward is really impressive too and again fits a neat like as far as our club and our team goes and what we're doing like i said with the ratio um beyond his um basic you know, build and you know stat stats and you know his his you know build as far as a you know video game player is what you look at as the basics of the stats. When you look at it deeper and what he can do for the team, um, is really important too. And I think that's why it was such a great one for Port to kind of sneak in and go, yep, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take him. And and Aaliyah indicating his desire to come to us too was really, really wonderful. Um, it's nice to see players to have a trade period where we get Orazio Fantasia and Aaliyah, Aaliyah both indicating a desire to come to Port Adelaide and us being able to get the deal done on a team-friendly deal is um, both wonderful for us and then a, a great sign of where we're going with these two players um, who have been popular players in the league um, and popular for their teams. Um, Aaliyah was, I think, a, a very popular player at Sydney and, um, and I've seen Sydney fans since who are <laughs> pretty pissed off that he's um, that he has is not there anymore. I think that he's, he's one of the players that a lot of them would love to still have there. Um, you know, maybe in the top kind of 10 of who they want to be be a Sydney and he's not there and he's and he's here with us um that Crows try uh, well preseason game was really impressive too now I will caveat that we don't know how he will go when it comes 
as far as his stats because he, he took incredible 14 marks, I think. Um, and, you know, just the way he was, but what was impressive to me, um, you know, it was the Crows and who knows how good they are in comparison. They're, they're talk, we're talking about wooden spoons again. Um, and that's not me being um, just facetious. I'm actually saying that's what the talk around the league is, is there might be a two-horse race between um, the Kangaroos and Crows, depending on how they bounce back from their uh, ordinary preseason showing. But Aaliyah's ability to cut cut off the lines and intercept and, and as well as a contested mark, get in there and take the mark. And then and then a few times he, he really, he kind of glides in, takes the mark and just keeps running forward and, and starts the attack again as well. And there's a lot of highlights of him doing this at Sydney as well. It's something that's in his game is that he will, he he has the hands to take the, you know, obviously the height and the hands to take the mark, but then his, his eyes are already looking forward to what he can do with the ball on in an attacking sense if he does have that kind of open space in front of him after he takes the mark. And that's really important for what Port does because we like to reload quickly and, and press high and that athleticism in him to be, I think there's even one highlight of him, um, I think he's actually, I think it's against Scotty Lysett probably last year, where he almost, Aaliyah does his best Buddy Franklin impression and kind of takes Lysett on. Unfortunately for Scotty, we love him, but he's not going to have the pace to a, Chase down and Lear, Lear, Lear kind of he t- takes a couple of bounces on the wing and and, and moves the ball forward as Lysett, um unfortunately struggles to uh, and and the the space between them um, increases rather than decreases. Sorry, Scotty, but <laughs> chasing down the Lear, Lear on the wing is not going to be something that we hope that Lysett has to do too often. Well, he's not going to have to do it now uh, uh, with Lear in particular, but um, yeah, he's got he's got that athleticism to um, to spring the ball forward as well as. Um, his ability in the air, and obviously just as a defender as well. Um, and what was what's really impressive too with Lear is he's, um, I think he started as a ruckman in his youth football days, and then trans translated uh, transferred to being um, a backman, and that's where he, where he got drafted was once he um, rejigged as a defender. But um, his ability, he's, he still pinches in the ruck quite well. Um, and look, we're, well, I think we're hoping that license fit. Um, and going, and we've got Laddams as that second option, high high quality second option. But when you can have someone like Leah down in the back lines, um, who can pitch hit in the pinch hit in the ruck, where where required is going to be is just it's a nice option to have, and he's a, he's a good quality um, ruckman as well. Um, and you know, there's just that vers- versatility is good. Um, I will talk about versatility when I get into the port preview. Um, in the next in the next podcast because I think there's been some talk about how they've all they've been trying to train every player to have an understanding of a second position which I'm, I'm big I'm big fan of that that ethos in regards to some soccer history I'll bring into that pod too as far as uh, total football um, but uh, yeah no I really enjoy having players with kind of that versatility so um, Ali is going to be a wonderful little addition to, for our, for our squad and I'm really excited to see what he can do especially after that Crows try, uh, preseason game was um, just electric best on ground kind of performance with the um, marking. And, and, you know, it'd be interesting to see how it goes. The mark the mark totals might increase this year um, with the, the stand and the mark rule and all that stuff. But, you know, really excited to see how Lear kind of uses that and, and he's already showing that he's got that confidence kind of um, and really feels confident in this squad as well to take over like that um, and make his mark. So, yeah, no, really excited to see what he can do for the team. All right, so the, the um, trades were um, kind of the big one as far as what would what we weren't exactly sure what would happen. We had our hopes, um, but you know they, they went as best as we could. The draft went a little bit, you know, more to um, expectation. I think um, no matter where Lockie Jones was um, eventually attempted to be drafted by any other team, if he was going to be, and as it turned out to be, 
um, we knew that we were going to get him. I think it was a, it was um, a locked in that he would be um, a Port Adelaide player, even if someone tried to put their bid in for him um, at you know, at number one. We would have we would have made it work. Um, <laughs> as it turns out, there was there was bid put in for um, drafts. The number one draft pick, I think, was a bid player with Crows and and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I. We knew that Lockie was going to be picked, and I think it, he. I'm trying to think where he got, where he ended, ended up actually getting picked. Um, already mental blanking, and I didn't put that in my my notes. So, good stuff. Um, sixteen, number sixteen, he was picked. So, um, with the I, I'll never ever pretend to understand. Like I could, I could probably spend a few hours just working out the points and how it works with um, you know, when you bid for bid for a player that's already um you know, an, an academy player and I don't know how it works as to what the math works out to if you pick him at 16 versus pick him at 11 and what you're going to have to give up as far as picks go to, to match that bid. Um, I don't get the math of it. I haven't sat down and uh, attempted to understand it. I just know that <laughs> Jones getting picked at 16, uh, ten, like, you know, Collingwood put, their, put the bid in there for it um, and Port Adelaide straight away said, yep, we'll match it. Um, so... I think how it worked out though is that um, Lockie Jones was a higher-rated prospect than 16. Um, he, if he was just a freely available player, he would have been picked a lot higher. Um, so, I think how it works out with um, getting picked at 16, I think we uh, whatever we had to do to match that bid wasn't too bad. Um, I think there was some expectation he might get picked a little bit higher, maybe at 10 or 11 or to 12 to 14. Um, and there might be a little bit higher bid. Port still would have done it. No, no qualms there. I think on Port's end. Um, but I think it just worked out that you know it was actually not too bad um, as far as what we had to match to to be able to pick him up at the 16th pick. Um, so Lockie Jones, after a very lauded last year, and he um, won a premiership um, with the with the Woodville West Torrens, and then had a really good year in the Sandful as, as an 18 year old playing with full grown men, and he looks like a full grown man more than anyone. <laughs> um, but you know, he finally became an AFL player and, and put it on that Port Adelaide Guernsey for um, for real. Uh, so, what's really cool about um, Lockie Jones? Um, I've already made brief mention of his uh, physicality. He's such a adult-looking player already. Um, when you watch his, um, seen a fair bit of like the West Woodville, uh, West Torrens kind of highlights, um, his tackling is... The way he grabs a put and he doesn't let go, bear hugs him and slams him to the ground. Um, you know, those are tackles that are, you see, you love to see out of grown, experienced AFL defenders, and he's doing that as an 18-year-old in the SNFL. I think that's something that's really good for his development last year was playing um, an 18-year-old playing in, um, all the way through as a as a crucial cog in a, in a premiership-winning side as well, not just a... A middle of the road side, he was um, part of a, a, the best side in the comp last year. So um, that is important as far as his development goes. He's had a he's already had a, a, a fair education at the the level below the AFL as to what it takes. Um, as far as you know, just being hit by adult bodies is uh, um, important as far as de- your development goes because you can't you can't replicate that in training or um or, or playing in youth sides. Um, just to get that feel for what the um, adult game is in AFL. Um, it's bruising, it's hard, it's, bat- it's battering football. Um, and that's what he's had as an 18-year-old. And he's got the body to take it. Um, <laughs> there's one highlight that is scary um, where he... 
I think it's a it might be a North Adelaide player who kind of comes through and bumps him to the ground and you hear this smack of body on body like that skin smack where someone's just bumped someone so hard that it kind of echoes through the ground and Lockie Jones just keeps on running grabs the ball um, and gives off and the North Adelaide player just kind of looks up from the ground and then he's down he's down like he's, he's fine like it's not it's not that I want to see people get drastically hurt but just it was a it was a fair fair hit and it was like it shows just how strong his body is already and he's still he's going to develop um and i think that's where where the development comes now for him is he's uh he's good in the air he's incredibly tenacious with his hunting for the football when he doesn't have it and then when he's got it he's good you know he's good in the air he takes strong marks um you know he's he's tall and tall and thick as a player so he's got that he's got the body's kind of getting is there already um and so it'd be scary to see what he develops into if he is still like growing as a human um and so he's he's got all those skills kind of there um as far as his you know he's got good pace for his size and um all that stuff um where where he will develop i think is his um just his basic skills with the the feet and hand which are pretty good anyway but it's just more situationally and uh, and decision making that's going to come at the AFL level I think we saw in the tr- the, the preseason matches um he was good um but you can just see that there's just that the, those little tweaks to happen to his game um but for an 18 year old it's unbelievable to see where he's at already because it's not is not what you expect um at that age to be as as kind of reasonably well developed as an AFL player already you know he could I don't know where where he's exactly lining up to be at the moment um, in the in the 22, but um, and I'll get to that. I'm going to do a little bit more deep dive and figure out my thoughts um, for the the preview pod um, later this week. Um, but his his development and his, and what he we as a player is already in a scary position um, considering his age. So um, yeah, it's um, really exciting to watch how he's going to go, and I think he's going to be a really he's going to be. Is that nailed on that he'd be a really great player for us? Um, and it's just about depending on where his development goes from here, um, as to how quickly that happens. But I think you know he's 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 ready to play AFL. Um, that he's not going to be, um, you know, the player he'll be in seven years at twenty five, twenty six is obviously going to be incredibly more better than now. Um, as long as the development stuff tracks along well, but he's ready to play now. That's the that's the great thing for that kind of draft pick is. If we need him, and depending on what the tw- starting twenty-two ends up being, um, but he is ready to go if required. He's kind of a depth option at the moment, and borderline twenty-two. And where we go from there, and where he goes from there, will depend on injuries and stuff this year in particular. But and it will depend on his development as well. And um, he's going to be a scarily good player for us um, going forward. And that's what you know the draft is for the future, and the fact that we can draft someone for the future, and also for now if required, is. Um, is an incredibly great prospect. Um, yeah, so um, really, really excited to see that he finally put on the Guernsey in the draft. Worked out quite well for us there as well. All right, the other draft pick, um, not to not to um, forget, um, big Ollie Lord that was picked up at pick number 49. Um, he's been picked as obviously, I think he's a lot more of a, um, a project player. Um, he's, you know, unlike Jones, he's, he's still developing his body, but he's um, a nice, athletic, tall um, if his quickness with with hand and foot is um quite quite impressive for the the size of body he is, I'm just saying I haven't seen. Look, I'm not saying I've sat there and watched hours and hours of tape of Ollie Lord. Um, I haven't had that <laughs> time and opportunity to. I'd love to have seen more of what he's got to be able to say more. But just a brief just a brief 
welcome, I guess, um, to Wally Lord. Is, um, but yeah, he's, um, he does look like he's got that, and um, what good skills. Um, his 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 goal kicking is really good, and I'm just impressed with um, his um, his ability in the air. He's he's quite tall, um, which and that's where and his body. He's quite. He, he just needs to put the weight on now. I think um, his body's already. He's quite an incredibly tall bloke. Um, and I think now it's just like he's going to have to develop his body and kind of fill out the the body of that that is going to be required to be if he's going to have that AFL career. Which is it's well he's on the, he's been drafted to a great side and a great place. There's no better place to develop um, than uh, with the kind of players we have around the club now. Um, and I think he's got it got it within him. He looks like he looks um, a good uh, front foot player. Like he's very. Very, he takes the game on um, for his size and um, and and got great marking ability and and ability at the ground level too. Like when the ball comes to the ground, he's, he chases and hunts and um and can make some magic happen there too. But um yeah, I think his his role will be in the future and um it'll be how his body develops and how he can put that weight on to be um just to be able to take the be able to battle it out as an as an AFL forwards. But um, you know, he's certainly got he's certainly got some special skills there and I'm I'm really excited to kind of just watch his development and see how he goes. But um a good little pickup at number forty nine is you know, it's um you know, I think we we passed in the last few rounds of the draft, but to grab grab a player that's got the um got the um you know, the the, the talent of Ollie Lord and, and what we're looking for going forward. Um, you know, that pick forty nine was a great pick and there's plenty of picks in that in that range that once they develop, these can turn into some pretty big AFL stars. So, um, you know, good good pick up there at pick number forty nine, and um, yeah, look forward to seeing how how Ollie goes. Um, this and watching the the Sandful side again this year, and watching the Magpies, and it'll be really fun to see. He's going to be a um, nice little boon for the for the um, Sandful side, and um, as we look to look to start um, making the State League uh, recognise uh, the greatness of Port Adelaide as well as the AFL recognise the greatness of Port Adelaide. Let's win, let's win two premierships this year and have Ollie Lord be a part of one of those. So, um, yeah, no, really excited. To, a great draft, great trade period. Um, you know, the off-season went exactly as as a Port Adelaide fan could hope. Um, you know, we like, obviously, um, farewell to Brad Ebert and... And Justin Westoff, Westoff was in the other side last year anyway, um, and we knew that was happening uh, well before the finals. And Ebert, unfortunately, um, I think we all knew uh, deep down, even before that last final uh, valiant heroic act the he made in that preliminary final, I think we all, um, there was a little bit of a worry about his health going forward and that he might retire at the end of the season's end. So, unfortunately, there was no surprises there, but there was no other major outs uh, with Port Adelaide, and, and we, but we brought in some major ins, so... For a side that was where we were last year, just right on the precipice of making a grand final, to have that kind of off season, you couldn't ask for it to be more perfect than that. Um, we we only increased our chances. Um, we've got a great side coming back, and we've got great talented players coming in that can make a real and definable in, impact um, to the side, and increase our chances of going one better, uh, two better this year. Um, so, yeah. Um, you couldn't ask for a better one, um, and you should all be really bloody excited because I, I really am. I can't wait to see Aaliyah take a big mark, stride forward, put the ball forward, and um, and and put it into Ratio's at Ratio's feet and watch him do something special and get and get that Brian Taylor Ratio um, out there. So really excited to hear some of that and um and in in Port Adelaide games. That's the exciting thing. So there'll be more podcasts coming this week. We're going to do a 
2021 preview as a whole, um, as well as um, I'll get a podcast out um, talking about the North Melbourne game in particular. So, yeah, big week. Keep the Creedcast in your subscriptions and whatever podcast service you use. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to chatting to you to you all a lot more this year and um, starting to get some guests on board in a few weeks as well. So, yeah, get around the Creedcast, get around the Creed and all that stuff, and um, we'll see you next time very soon. Cat dog.